Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, David Hook continues our series on prayer and addresses the question, How does God want me to pray? And now, here's David. Well, we've just uh, prayed, (laughs) so I don't think we can improve on that. So let's just think about this topic that we are assigned this morning. God wants me to pray how. Quite a number of years ago, I was asked a question that I struggled to answer. Here's part of the letter that was sent to me. So it sounds like having a relationship with God is one of the key points of the Christian life. At the same time, I get the impression that everyone goes through times when God feels far away, that these times are normal and, we, and all we can do is keep going and hold on to our faith. Then we're supposed to accept that miracles and direct communication from God are rare exceptions, not things we can expect to happen often. What kind of relationship is that? The question mark and the exclamation mark were were in the letter. (laughs) What kind of relationship is that? It goes on, I just don't see how you can have a relationship with someone without any communication, without any definite sign that they care at all. To be honest, the reason I had difficulty answering that question is because I had still I had the same one. And how do we intentionally communicate with God? For those who listened to Bruce's excellent message last week, you will recognize that what I just said is part of his definition of prayer. Bruce's definition, as you recall, was prayer is the intentional communication with God. So the answer to that big question that was asked, what kind of relationship at that, the answer must be in prayer. It is the means of developing a relationship with God, and it will be through prayer that he expresses his care for us. Now, if you want to develop a friendship with someone, you will need to make the effort to communicate. Talks, letters, time together, Sharing good times, sharing tough times, being there when they need you, like when you have a flat tire. (laughs) Thanks for the friendship there. All of these activities will help you get to know one another. Prayer must be and is vital for the Christian as the means of developing a relationship with God. You cannot enjoy a relationship if you only read about him or even if you have read his messages. A relationship means that we have to be active in the process, so prayer is essential for the Christian life. My difficulty in answering the question relates to my deficiency in the personal experience of prayer. By that I mean that prayer is hard for me. I can agree with Bruce on the importance of prayer, but I can still struggle with the actual practice of prayer. When Phil was asking for volunteers to speak on prayer, and this 
this day was a difficult day to cover, and he was going to anybody speak on that topic. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that. I, I need to be there, not here, when I'm uh, listening to this message. But here I said, well, Phil, I, I can, I'll do it, but um, I'll just have to pray that God will instruct me as I prepare for this message. Well, at least I have some company. Even Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I don't know if you know that name or not, but he was a very well-known evangelical minister in Britain in the 20th century. Um, He said that he had never written on prayer. He had written a lot and he a lot of sermons, but he'd never written on prayer because of a sense of personal inadequacy in this area. Amen. I know what he meant, so I told Phil that I'll try. And I hope that the efforts will be worthwhile. I know they have been for me. I hope that you will gain something from them too. Quite a few years ago, I wrote, read a book by E.M. Bounds. He was a minister and lawyer back in the 19th century, so we're going back in time, a Methodist minister. He wrote 11 books. Nine of them were on prayer. <laughs> he had a lot to say. And I read one of them once a long time ago, and the, word, and the sentence that stands out still to my day is this one. It is impossible for a lazy man to pray. Well, that's bad news right away for me. Bad news. Things are not looking good here because I have a really strong aversion to that four-letter word, W-O-R-K. You know, like I just, uh, that's not in my nature. And any relationship requires effort. And this is no, no less true for our relationship with God. So prayer is work and work is effort. And it's, if we're lazy about it, it's not going to happen. And that's a big problem for me and for others probably as well. So my first point in how to pray is to make the effort. Um, there are so many other things, right, that I really want to do or, or that I'd rather do than work. And, uh, you know, I don't really have time to pray with all those important things like watching the television, uh, browsing social media, uh, reading up on all the politics, the news, or my favorite novel. You know, those are all real important things. Well, sarcasm there, right? So, how important are those things? And what about this? You know, is prayer more important? And I mean, if 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 you listen to people who testify of the, to the effect of prayer in their lives, they, they suggest that they set aside significant time for prayer. You know, like you read some of the older folks' uh, stories and they're like hours in prayer every day. Hours, you know, and we have five minutes. That's a hard thing for me, but they actually make the, take the time to do it. One of the books I read was by um, Tim Keller, and I'll talk about that a bit more, but... He said that he started to give half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening to prayer, like when he was learning these lessons. And uh, it only took two years before he started to find the effects of that. So, I mean, it's, it's a long haul. It's not something that you develop right away. And you don't expect to see, well, I spent five minutes with God and didn't hear anything. You know, like it's not that kind of a relationship in terms of building that relationship. And if we can't give him five minutes and we ask that question, what kind of relationship is that? Well, he doesn't, obviously God doesn't care. Well, wait a minute. Who doesn't care if you can't give him any time, right? The, the caring has to come from us as well. Excuse me. We know that Daniel, who was basically the civil servant who oversaw the administration of the whole Persian Empire, scheduled prayer time three times a day. 
Paul must have spent a lot of time in prayer. The number of times he mentions that he's been praying for those he ministered to. And Jesus also spent a lot of time in prayer as we see his life in the Gospels. And this didn't go unnoticed by his disciples. And one, and one of them came and asked them, I wonder which one it was. I, I don't, it doesn't say. Can you make up? wonder which one of the twelve came and asked them about this. Lord, teach us to pray in Luke 11, chapter 1. We're going to look at that teaching a little later, but for now, notice that he didn't say, teach us how to pray. It's, that, that's implied, I think. But the, the word, he just said, teach us to pray. That, like, make us like you are, like getting involved in this activity and doing it uh, frequently, regularly, on a schedule or whatever it takes. Get us praying, Lord. Can you, can you help us in that? And Jesus was very eager to answer that question. And if we ask him the same question, I'm sure that pleases him. So if you ask the Lord to teach you to pray, he is very much interested in doing that. So the first step in prayer is to commit to doing it. But are there any special instructions on how to go about praying? What is actually involved in communicating with God? After all, how does one communicate with the creator and sustainer of the universe, who Paul says to Timothy lives in unapproachable light? That seems like a difficult thing to do. Is there uh, any special set of protocols that we need to go to prayer? Well, I would say... Uh, no, but like, think about the queen, for example. There are, there are protocols when you go for a royal visit. Uh, you have to uh, bow or curtsy. Uh, never turn your back on the queen. Don't touch her unless she offers your hand uh, to, to shake. And don't speak unless spoken to. <laughs> now those, uh, you'd think, would apply to the king of kings if it applies to the queen of England. You might think that these things must be important for the king of kings and lord of lords. But, no, it doesn't seem that there's any special protocols except for one that Bruce reminded us of last week. That we must come in honesty and truth and transparency. We must come as ourselves before God. No point in trying to put a front on on uh, who we are for the one who can see our hearts. So we learn to pray in groups as we've listened to each other pray and uh, we've become aware of how we do that. Um, is private prayer, like our personal prayer, since we're talking about me, you notice the, the, the question of the day, God wants me to pray how. Next week we're going to talk about God wants us to pray how. But for this personal private prayer, is it the same as our public prayers, only just, just ourselves and God there? Or is there some differences when, we, when we're meeting with God privately? And if so, how do we learn that? Because we can't listen in on people's private prayers. They wouldn't be private if they were. And we, there's a bit of a dilemma there. So how we can do that? Here's the book that I, that I mentioned earlier uh, by Timothy Keller. And I think many of you know Timothy Keller and you can trust him to steer a good course in these sort of things. And this is sort of his summary of his journey and learning how to pray. And he summarizes a lot of the literature from previous uh, generations. So it's quite a good review. And I enjoyed uh, what Timothy had to say in this. 
so we have these writings like Timothy's and other that he refers to other uh, people throughout the ages and their approach to prayer. And we can learn from their insights. And I suspect if you're like me, the thought of reading all that is a bit daunting. So some book like Keller's, which uh, sort of summarizes it as a good, uh, good uh, way to go. Um, but is there, is there something we can, else can we learn? Uh, and how would we learn that? So we could look at the Bible for some suggestions. Um, they might have some teaching on this. And we could look at some of the prayers that are recorded that were actually private prayers, but somehow they got recorded down. I'm not sure exactly how that happened. But if you think of Daniel and his uh, confession to the Lord and his prayer for the people of Israel in Daniel chapter 9, we can read the Psalms, which is I think David wrote a lot of them, and those were his personal prayers, so we can get an idea of how he prayed. And we can see Jesus' prayer even in John, in John chapter 17 when he's praying for disciples. And these are all worth reading and studying to learn their approaches to God. And there are some general ideas which are also taught in Scripture that may be helpful. Here's one passage which, although not written about prayers, an interesting uh, uh, idea about our attitude as we come to God. As you enter the house of God... This is in Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 and 2. Keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. I think it's pretty uh, wise advice for any time you're in the, in the presence of someone who's a great stature. Don't open your mouth uh, like in the old adage, uh, um, better to be thought a fool, be silent and thought a fool than open your mouth and confirm it. You know, like. <laughs> Although uh, he's not addressing prayer, this reminds us that we need to think, think before we speak and especially in the presence of God. That's a really important thing. So my second point about uh, personal prayer is Take the opportunity to listen. I think that this is a major difference between public corporate prayer and private prayer. During a group prayer, it's, it's difficult to take that time to actually be still and listen to the Lord. Because we're being involved in prayers with other people or listening to the one praying, but that listening to the God is, is more difficult in that setting. If you're like me, you, you may have noticed how quickly you jump into making requests for God, from God in your prayer. It's like, you might say a few sentences, then right away, boom, the list of things that you need or you, you want to happen or whatever it is. But, uh, but it's good to, to take time to pause and listen. And the next verse in Ecclesiastes 5, actually, the one after that, says that many words mark the speech of a fool. We need to listen to God. David writes in Psalm 37, 7, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Or be quiet and listen. Listen to God in, listening to God in prayer may not come naturally. Do, are there any suggestions for us in helping us with that activity? Well, one would be to consider the role of meditation in prayer. Now, this word covers a broad spectrum of spectrum of practice and I'm no expert in, in the topic. 
But at one end of the spectrum would be those meditation techniques that aim for sort of an emptiness or just a, uh, a complete emptying of your thoughts. And you think of Eastern mystics and the idea that they had of trying to become one with God who was everything in their, in their concept of God. Now, obviously, Christian prayer is, is not that we're trying to become God. But we're trying to hear God, to experience God. But there are some uh, good points about that technique, even if there are some problems, and you know, might want to filter that very carefully. But the idea of quieting yourself before God, getting the noise of the world to settle down, and listening intently to God, has some value and some uh, insight, I think. And so how do you how do you do that? Well, you'd have to look at more the techniques of meditation. But I was I was in some uh, medical education course where they were talking about mindfulness, which is, you know, trying to focus yourself to improve your health and feel uh, more at peace. And I noticed that when they were explaining what was involved in that, that they often use breathing as a uh, uh, as a means of focusing as you consider just your breath in and out. And now, okay, that, that's, that's not that difficult, but as I was doing that and trying to participate in this course and just see what it was like, it made me think of breath and spirit. Now, those are the same words in the, in the Bible. And it reminded me that, that uh, in prayer, it's our spirit communicating with God's spirit. And God's spirit is actually with us and helping us to pray. And in, in Romans 8.36, it reminds us that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So we have in, in this process of prayer a powerful ally in bringing our thoughts to God and hearing his, Him speak to us. We have the Spirit within us helping us in our weakness. And so those moments when we're not saying any words, the Spirit may be praying Words that we can't even imagine because he's uh, he's uh, groaning in words that cannot groaning making groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Although meditation meditative techniques may have their dangers, uh, the need to experience God in our hearts and spirits is real. We don't want to just have a doctrinal knowledge about God, but we would we would need an experience of His presence to feel the light of his face, just as Moses did in the speaking with God. I remember one time preparing for a message, and it's often the case, it was late Saturday night getting ready for a message. Of course, I'd put it off too long, so it was going later and later in the day. And uh, putting a fair bit of time into thinking about it, uh, spending time in prayer, but but suddenly was overwhelmed by the moment and and began to laugh and cry at the same time. Now, this is me you're talking about, like uh, emotions of a stone here, you know, like, you know, they call me a Vulcan in my family because in Star Trek, the Vulcan doesn't have any emotions. But, but that was the power, I believe, of the spirit. Now, you might say, well, it's just sleep deprivation. Well, I, I know what that's like. I've had lots of experience with sleep deprivation and never usually laugh and cry when I get sleep deprivation. Get a little bit silly, but, but this was quite different. And I always treasure that moment as a real experience of, uh, of God's presence and God's Spirit. So we, we have this desire and need to have these moments of, of connection with God. So, 
So mystical meditation may have a role, but it must be balanced also by what we experience from, of God from the scriptures. So at the other end of the spectrum of meditation, there's, there's the ways of meditating on God's word. And we sang about that in Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of thy heart, my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. So that psalm is about the, the nature around us and God's word. And these are really ripe for things that we can meditate on and consider as we quiet ourselves before God. So taking some scripture and meditating on it is a, is a great idea. Psalm 1 speaks of that, but in verse 2 it says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So meditation on Scripture, it's not Bible study, but it's an attempt to let Scripture speak to our hearts. So there are a number of ways to meditate on Scripture, and we would need a lot more time to discuss all of those. But for me, I think I would suggest just slowly reading a familiar passage and letting it speak to your heart, to contemplate it, to, to see what it's saying. And I would suggest this is a prelude to prayer, but it may be that the Spirit begins to speak to you even when you're doing that. And if that happens, I would suggest Samuel's attitude and say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So another uh, suggestion and, and for prayer is to pray Scripture. Now, this is just a little bit different than meditating on Scripture, although there's a lot of overlap there. Uh, but the idea is that you read what God has given us as His message, and you send it back to Him in your words, and help and, and uh, help it to be an outline for your prayers. So let's let's just look at uh, a very familiar verse: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." How would could you pray that? back to God. And this is sort of what I thought of. Lord, you are my shepherd. You guide me, protect me, and provide for my needs. You are all I need. Thank you for caring for me. Help me to live my life knowing this, and may I share it with others. You see, the the thoughts are going back to God, are mine, but I've taken the scripture and used that as a guide to my prayer. And I, I found this to be really helpful in, in, in establishing a prayer routine because you take a, a psalm, even a short one, and it, it, the time flies by when you do this. You can just sort of get one thought after another and keep going, but directed by the Spirit through the, through the Scriptures. And I found that's really helpful and uh, it's a real uh, useful technique for me and uh, just suggest it for you. So the next uh, suggestion is Follow the pattern taught by Jesus. We read earlier one disciple's request for Jesus to teach us to pray. And Jesus went on to teach them what we commonly refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Matthew records this in Jesus' teaching during the Sermon on the Mount. So I don't think he just taught it to his disciples. He taught it broadly to others as well. Along with this prayer, Jesus gives us some important general instructions on prayer. Let's uh, sort of read this section of Jesus' sermon as translated in the message in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 9. First off, Jesus says, And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. 
Do you think God sits in a box seat? Jesus' first instruction deals with remembering who we are speaking to again. This may be more applicable to public prayer, where not infrequently we find ourselves praying with more concern about the, the, uh, the perce- more concerned about the perception of the people who are listening than in directing our thoughts to God. I don't know if you've found that. I have certainly noticed that when I pray, pray publicly. Keep our focus on God. But this, this could still be a problem during private prayer. We may think we have put on, we may think we have to put on a special show for God. For example, assuming particular posture. And posture may be important to help us focus for, on God, but it does not for God's benefit. But Jesus goes on to say, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. So personal prayer is best done in a quiet place, just you and God. Some people find that soft background music may be helpful. Focus others may find that distraction, distracting. Do you have a place where you can pray? This may be difficult to find if you live in cramped quarters, but there's always the outside and God is very willing to go for a walk with you. Also, again, here we see what Bruce taught us last week. We need to be ourselves before God. Just be honest and transparent. Jesus went on to say, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows you better than what, better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Although I've mentioned a number of techniques, I mean them to be suggestions for trial. There's no one technique or formula that guarantees success in prayer. What I've been talking about is more like a set of tools in a toolbox. You can choose the one you need for the right uh, job. So according to the circumstances. And as we said, God knows us and his spirit is within us, helping us to pray. So it is more important that we actually do it than maybe how we do it. So here's the prayer. You want to read it together with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we are very familiar with this prayer. And it has a number of components in it. And as Jesus taught us this prayer, we can see what uh, what components of prayer should be included in our our prayers, and just to briefly go over that, we can see adoration, praise, confession that we're sinners and asking for forgiveness, thanksgiving, 
and supplication. Helpfully, people have come up with the acronym ACTS to help you remember that. So if you're thinking about what you should pray, think ACTS and we'll have a, a, a framework by which we can, can include all of those things. Just a word about supplication, which is really a very important part of prayer. Obviously, we come to, to God and uh, we are re- making our requests to him. By doing so, we're doing the work of the kingdom. We're actually asking God to intervene in the affairs of the world, whether they're our own personal affairs, affairs of our friends, affairs of the world in general, the, the, the spread of the gospel. All of these things are important work, and we do that as, as, we, as part of supplication. And if you listen to prayers either by your others or yourself, you'll probably, if you're like me, notice that supplication takes up the majority of the prayer. Even in this model, indeed, there's a lot of supplication and it predominates. But remember the other components of prayer in order that we have that well-balanced approach to God and we take time to recognize in whose presence we are in. Just a, a finally another point on the Lord's Prayer. Um, and, and then using it as a pattern for prayer, I found this approach used by Martin Luther to be quite helpful. So every time Luther would pray, and he did that often, he would begin each section, each time with the uh, um, with a section with the Lord's Prayer. He would paraphrase it and apply it to the context of the moment. In other words, he would take each phrase of that and pray it. It's a bit like what we talked about praying scripture back, but he did this all the time with the Lord's Prayer. For example, uh, thy kingdom come becomes Lord, something like this, maybe Lord help us at BFA faithfully teach you, teach your message and spread it to the community. You know, your kingdom, bring, bring your kingdom here. And as we think about, and as we forgive our debtors, oh, as we forgive our debtors. This reminds me, Lord, I need to forgive my neighbor for those angry words that were spoken. Help me to heal our relationship. So this is sort of how Luther just quickly took a moment to go through the Lord's Prayer every time he came to God and plugged in his own current thoughts as he went through the Lord's Prayer. And that's another good way to get started in prayer that I've found to be very helpful. And this was um, brought out in Keller's book and I was very glad to read that and it was useful. So, we've come to the end of my talk. We've only, I don't even think we've scratched the surface. Uh, there's so much to say about prayer and it takes a, a lifetime to learn. But these are the summary points of uh, what we've talked about. So, God wants me to pray how? Well, we need to make the effort we need to also take time to listen to God in our prayers. That's a really important part that we sort of um, have not had as much experience as we'd like. And we'd, it'd be great if we all had an experience that we could share with one another about what, how God spoke to us this week as we've been praying to him. Use the scripture as a source of meditation and prayer and pattern our prayers after the teaching of the Lord in his uh, his sermon and his instructions to his disciple. One of the things that Tim Keller mentioned that uh, that somebody said that 
you can tell a, a person's personal relationship with God is like by listening to their prayers. And Tim Keller said, after that guy said that, he didn't want to pray again, ever again in his presence. <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, like that's a bit intimidating. But uh, let's be bold and uh, let's bring ourselves to the Lord now. And as we end our time, let's come to Him in prayer. Father, we pause to take a moment to listen to what your Spirit has been telling us. And we thank you that we have your Spirit within us who is able to help us in our prayers. We would acknowledge in whose presence we are. We thank you that we can come and call you Father, that you are indeed the one who has adopted us as your children. We pray that your name might be honored and glorified throughout the world and that your kingdom would expand and that you would help us to be faithful servants in, in that work. We do ask that you would give us what we need for the day, not what we want, but what we need and that what we might receive from you might be used in your service. Forgive us for the things that we have done which have displeased you and which was have hurt others. We pray that you would just remind us of those and make them right and help us to avoid them in the future. We pray that you would keep us from making these mistakes, help us to avoid these temptations and learn to live for you and follow you. And protect us, we pray, from the harms that are there. Protect us from the evil and the desires of the enemy to thwart us. May you give us the strength that we need. And we thank you that you have all the authority and the, and the power. And we thank you and praise you in our name of our Savior, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church, where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you're in the Timmins area, or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.